Welcome, and I thank you so much for joining Rusty Moy, your host for the hour, right here on this platform. The discussion 101 is about women rising the unseen barriers. And you might want to, you know, kind of figure out where I'm going at. But if you follow me, you will see the direction of this episode. So, women rising the unseen barriers. Now, I'm going to just kind of break all that down. Many CEOs who make gender diversity a priority by setting aspirational goals for the prepositions of women in leadership roles, insisting on diverse slates of candidates for senior positions and developing mentoring and training programs are frustrating. They and their company spend time, money, and good intentions, guys, on efforts to build a more robust pipeline of upwardly mobile women and then not much happens. The problem with these leaders approaches is that they don't address the often fragile process of coming to see oneself and being seen by others as a leader. So we might want to talk a little bit about, about leadership, what it is, but most importantly, let's break down the fundamentals of leadership right here. Becoming a leader involves much more than being put in leadership roles, which we know. Acquiring new skills, adapting one's style to the requirements of that role, right? And then also, it involves a fundamental identity shift. Organizations inadvertently undermine this process when they advise women to proactively seek leadership roles without also addressing policies and practices that communicate a mismatch between how women are seen and the qualities and experiences people welcome and i thank you so much for listening to rusty moy on episode 101 you guys are gonna love episode 101 reason why because a lot of us as women can relate to this most importantly women rising the unseen barriers and you may want to know a little bit more and what I mean. And not saying that everyone can't relate, but us as women, most importantly, can feel this. Okay? So, what I mean is, many CEOs who make gender diversity a priority by setting aspirational goals for the propositions of women in the leadership roles, insisting on diverse slates of candidates for senior positions, and developing mentoring and training programs are frustrating. They and their company spend time, money, and good intentions on efforts to build a more robust pipeline of unupwardly mobile women, and then not much happens. So let me just break that down. The problem with these leaders and their approaches is that they don't address the often fragile process of coming to see oneself and to be seen by others as a leader. So let me break down leadership a little bit. Becoming a leader involves much more than being just in a leadership role. It's in acquiring new skills, adapting one's style to the requirement of that role. It involves a fundamental identity shift. Organizations inadvertently undermine the process when they advise women to proactively seek leadership roles without also addressing policies and practices that communicate a mismatch between how women are seen and the qualities and experiences people tend to associate with leaders. So, a significant body of research shows that for women, the subtitle gender bias that persists in organizations and in society disputes that learning cycle of the heart 
of becoming a leader. This research also points to some steps that companies can take in order to rectify the situation. It's not enough to identify and install the right skills and competency as if it's social vacuuming. The context must support a woman's motivation to lead and also increase the likelihood that others will recognize and encourage her efforts. Even while she doesn't look or behave like current generations of senior executives, the solution to the pipeline problem are very different from what companies currently employ. So my verdict, my understanding, what I reveal Traditionally, high potential mentoring and leadership education programs are necessary, but not significant. And also, I will add, our research, teaching, and consulting reveals three additional actions companies can take and improve the chances that women will gain a sense of themselves as leaders. Two, be recognized in such. And three, ultimately secede. Okay? Taking gender into account. That's the theory. That's that's the concept. Okay, that's the concept, guys, behind the lens. So I want to discuss with you guys becoming a leader. People become leaders by intentionalizing a leadership identity and developing a sense of purpose. Internalizing a sense of oneself as a leader is an irritating process, right? It can be irritating to most. But what I will say is a person asserts leadership by taking purposeful action, such as convening a meeting to revive a dominant project. Others affirm or resist the action. This encouraging or discouraging subsequent assertions. These interactions inform the person's sense of self as a leader and communicate how otherwise they view his or her fitness for the role. Okay. So I'm going to dive into this. As a person's leadership capabilities grow and opportunities to demonstrate them expand, high-profile challenging assignments and other organization endorsements become more likely, such such as affirmation, giving the person the formitude to step outside a comfort zone and experiment with unfamiliar behaviors and a new way of exercising leadership. But also the breakdown of the other part of this is and absences of affirm- affirmation, right? However, diminishes self-confidence and discourages him or her from seeking development opportunities or experiment. So it's not just, like I mentioned, that woman. We're talking now about that man in the leadership role. So this is going to be a two-sided leadership perspective, right? Because earlier when it opened up, you think I'm saying woman, woman, woman but the unforeseen barriers for women and men in leadership. So leadership identity, which begins as a tentative aspect of the self, eventually we're a way along with opportunity to grow through new assignments and real achievements. Over time, an aspiring leader acquires a reputation as having or not having high potential. So how about that? So there's a story that I want to just throw out there. It is a short story. So the story is an investor, investment banker called Tina. Tina's career stalled when she was in her thirties. Her problem was she was lacking presence with clients. 
who were mostly older men and was not significantly outspoken in meetings. Her career prospects looked bleak, but both her reputation and her confidence grew when she assigned to work with two clients whose CFOs happened to be women. These women approached her smarts and the skillful way she handled their needs and concerns. Each in her own way started taking the initiative to rise the profile. One demanding that she present at all key meetings and other refused to speak to anyone but her when she called. Actions that enhanced credibility within her firm in our industry she explained having the key client relationship is everything. Her peers and supervisors begin to see her not just as a component and a project manager, but as a trusted client advisor, an important individual. These relationships, both internal and external, gave her the confidence to boost. She needed to generate ideas and express them forthrightly, whether to colleagues or her clients. Her supervisor happily concluded that she had finally was the meek and mild mannered former self and stepped up to leadership. Okay? So that's the story of this young lady. And beyond the story, I have more ideas and concepts in episode 101 Women Rising the Unseen Barriers. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go on a short commercial break. It gets better from here. your first time joining in with Rusty Moy, don't allow it to be your last. Not only I'm an author, a mentor, but an individual that loves people and want to embrace nothing but positivity, but most importantly, to help families, neighbors, and so many others be knowledgeable of everyday issues. So if you want to be a part of something great, don't forget to click Hit, tap, ring the subscribe now button to subscribe to a, a path of not just succeeding potential, but something that can lead you potentially in a positive, honest, creative perspective. So start now. Don't wait till later. guys we just was on a short commercial break if you just joined in episode 101 with rusty moy women rising the unseen barriers and if you're just joining me i've been discussing the barriers leadership roles and much much more so i want you to just listen understand take notes but most importantly imply this 
to someone you know, friend, family, coworker, neighbor, whoever. Because this is something that's not just positive, but useful. So I'm going to continue. Effective leaders develop a sense of purpose by pursuing goals that align with their personal values and advance the collective goods. This allows them to look beyond the status quo to what is possible and gives them a compelling reason to take action despite personal fears and insecurities. Such leaders are seen as authentic and trustworthy, but they are willing to take risks in their service of shared goals. By connecting to others to a larger purpose, they inspire commitment, boost resolve, and help colleagues find deeper meaning in their work. Integrating leaderships into one's core identity is particularly challenging for women who must establish credibility and a culture that's deeply conflicted about whether, when, and how they could exercise authority. Practices, guys, that equate leadership with behaviors considered are more common in men suggest that women are simply not cut out to be leaders. Furthermore, the human tendencies to gravity to people like oneself leaders Powerful men to sponsor and advocate for other men who leadership surprises arise. As the story I mentioned to you earlier illustrates women's leadership potentially sometimes shows in less conventional ways. Being responsive to clients' needs, for example, rather than bodily assertive is a point of view and sometimes it takes potential women to recognize that potential. But powerful women, most importantly, okay? Despite a lack of discrimination, despite the lack of individuals not believing, the second generation forms of workplace gender bias can obstruct the leadership identity developing of a company entire population of women. What is a second generation gender bias? People may ask, what is a second generation gender bias? That's a good question. Some people might not want to answer. The resulting unrepresentation of women in top positions reinforces entreated beliefs, prompt and support men's bias for leadership and maintains the status quo. Right? The three actions we suggest to support women's assets would be leadership positions are educated women and men about second generation gender bias, creating safe identity workplaces to support transitional to bigger roles and also anchor women's development efforts in a sense of leadership purpose rather than how women are perceived. I can't stress that enough. These actions would give women an insight into themselves and their organizations, enabling them to be more effectively in a course to leadership. Check this out, guys. I'm a dive in. I shouldn't, but I'm a dive in. Educate everyone about second generation gender bias. For women, more than 25 years ago, the social psychologist Faye Crosby stumbled on a surprising phenomenon. Most women are unaware of having personally been victims of gender discrimination and deny it even when it's objectively true and right in front of their face. I'm not saying it. Faye Crosby stated this. This is what's stated by Many women have worked hard to take gender out of the equation. To simply be recognized for their skills, talents, and creativity. 
Moreover, the existence of gender bias is organizational policies and practices may suggest that they have no power to determine their own success when asked what might be holding women back in their organizations. You know what they say? It's nothing avert. I just feel less of a connection, either positive or negative, with the guys I work with. So sometimes I see, seem to have a difficult getting traction for my ideas. But looking around, right? You see the male colleagues having P&L responsibility, and most of us are in staff roles. I was advised to make the move to a staff role after the birth of a child. It should be easy and not even looked at that I recognize there is no path back to the line, right? My firm has the very best intentions when it comes to women. But it seems every time a leadership role opens up, women are not on the slate. The claim is made that they can't find women with the right skill set, experience, or lastly, education. Can we stop making excuses? Can we stop saying this is not happening? Can we stop saying this is not in front of our face? Guess what? It is. Gender bias is real. Women not getting in the leadership roles that they qualify for for many years, many, many years, is still true and it still happens today. Okay? These statements, the notion that gender bias isn't absent from these women's work lives, second generation bias does not require an intent to exclude, nor does it necessarily produce direct, immediate harm to an individual. Rather, it creates a context akin to something in the water in which women fail to thrive or reach their full potential. Feeling less connected to one's male colleagues, being advised to take a staff role to accommodate family, finding oneself excluded from consideration of a key position. All these situations, guys, reflect work structures and practices that put women at a huge disadvantage. So stop saying it's not happening. It's real. But you know what else is happening? Without understanding of second generation bias, people are left with stereotypes explaining why women as a group have failed to achieve um, parity with men. If they can't reach the top, it is because they don't ask or too nice or simply opt out. These messages tell women who have managed to succeed that they are exceptions and women who have experienced setbacks that it is their own fault for failing to be significant and aggressive or committed to the job. Is that fair? No. It's not fair, but it's happening. How can we change these biases? How can we change these rules? How can we change these regulations? Keep sitting back saying it's not happening when it is? Guess what? Step up and realize that it's women rising, episode 101, and the unseen barriers that we've been faced with for over a decade or more. As I continue in this episode, we find that when women recognize the subtitle and Survasive effects of second generation bias, they feel empowered not to victimize because they can't take action to counter those effects. They can't put themselves forward for leadership roles when they are qualified but have been overlooked. They can seek out sponsors and others to support and develop them in those roles. They can negotiate for work arrangements 
that fit both their lives and their organization performances, requirements, such understandings to make it easier for women to lean in. Listen, guys, I can talk for hours past the time that I'm here to give you, I'm going to even say the good news, the positive, realistic facts. But it takes you to step up and agree, step up and say, this happened at my workplace. This happened to my friend. This happened to my sister. This happened to someone I'm close to. And I want change today. If that's you, you need to click that subscribe button. You need to tab it, ring it, hit it, click it, bang it, and be a part of something great. Because episode 101, Women Rising, the Unseen Barrier, has not ended. I have 102, 103, 104, and I'm going to keep giving these episodes of knowledge, throwing this out in the atmosphere. Because you know why? Second generation bias stereotype is happening, has happened, will continue to happen. The unforeseen things that happen in the workplace continues to happen, still happening. We must step up and take our leadership roles. Take accountability. Don't wait for someone to inspire us to be great. Don't let someone tell us we can't be entrepreneurs. Don't let someone tell us that we don't have the essentials that we need. Stop letting people tell you you don't have a degree so you can't be the CFO. Stop allowing people to break your spirit of who you are. You could be a CFO, you could be the CEO, you could be the VP, you could be the owner of whatever franchise you want to be, but you must take the initiative to step up, step out, step in to the leadership role. You don't have to wait for someone to find the seat for you when you already didn't earn it. Listen to what you've earned, listen to not what you feel is going to be deserved to you, but you know you earned it. Your name's on the seat. Thank you so much for listening to Rusty Moy. Because this episode is not by coincidence or an accident. So if you joined in, don't allow it to be your last episode. Don't allow this time to pass you by. This is an hour of inspiration. An hour of knowledge. An hour of knowledge, power. In love. Man who went missing almost a week ago. What took place?